0: to be doing something after service to prepare for voting in this building on Tuesday. Next Tuesday is Super Tuesday, it's the primary voting for our nation's presidential election and some local elections too. Please go vote. Your greatest voice in our republic is to vote, okay? Go and vote. Don't matter who you vote for, You vote your conscience. Go Go vote. The Holt area voting location will be here at our church. So after church today, we're going to clear the sanctuary of all the chairs and the sound equipment. Okay? So if you will, please, when we say amen, let's get that done. Let me give you some quick logistical stuff. We'll pull the chairs. We'll put them in in the hallway on this side of the building like we normally do if we have fellowship. And then on Wednesday night, we'll set them back up. So that'll be this evening, or excuse me, right after church right after church today. Baptism service is next Sunday. If you are aware of that, please see me if you're being baptized so I can give you some instruction on what you need to get ready for. Now, last week we found $100 cash while we were cleaning the church. Mr. Robert found it. It was over here in this section from the last time we had service here. So if you lost $100 cash, I need the serial numbers, your ID, and your Social Security number. <laughs> So if you lost $100 cash, let me know. I will be paying tithe on it if you don't call out for it, okay? I will give my $10 tithe. And, um, <coughs> I don't know whose it was. If y'all lost it, seriously, let us know. If, if anyone lost some cash, let us know. If not, we're going to start this revival of God's making money appear in our sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> those people who were putting oil on the Bible and saying it was flowing from the Bible over in Georgia, they're not going to have anything on us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just said that out loud. I probably shouldn't have said that. (laughs) We've been studying the book of Romans. Uh, Last week we uh, read chapter 5 and discussed it in Bible study. And while I was praying this week, uh, I struggled hearing what the Lord wanted me to say until, actually it was until yesterday. And then when I, when all this started flowing and coming together, I get to church and I start having conversations with people, multiple people, and they start telling me what's going on. And I'm like, well, God, you're faithful. And I hear the message that we hear in worship god is faithful to give us what we need and for us to hear some of what i'm going to say today is um hopefully going to be encouraging most of what i'm going to say is going to be just some teaching of the word so that we can gain a deeper understanding of of um well it's what i believe god is teaching us walking us through maybe me and all of us together we we read this last Wednesday, and uh, it's Romans chapter five. So if you have if you have your Bibles or your iPads or whatever, get those out. Let's just study the Word with me a little bit. Romans chapter five, verse one. <clears throat> Let's read it. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. It's good scripture. Jump all the way back up to verse 1. And we need, or we are in need of justification before God. Now, we live in a lawless society. Lawlessness abounds. Not telling you anything different, that you already know this. These days in the world, lawlessness is so rampant, there is no this has been coming for, for years. There is now no absolute truth to define the law on. You, you know this. We live in a culture that says if you feel it, if you, if you want to experience it, eh, no worries. You can just do what you want to do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know this. There's lawlessness and it abounds. Many of you have been experiencing throughout your life, situations where someone did something unlawful around you and they were not held accountable by the law. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. Even though there is no real, or let me say it this way, even though there is much lawlessness in the world, we cannot allow that to infiltrate into the belief that We need justification before God. And what I mean by that is, none of us, you nor me, none of us can stand in God's presence without being justified before God. Amen. I've I've, I've used this illustration for a few weeks now because I've been sitting right here, and some of you haven't heard it. I'm going to repeat it on purpose. We all want to go down the interstate at 78, 80 miles per hour lawlessly, disobeying the law. We all want to do that and everybody does it with us until we see the keeper of the law, the state trooper, then we slow down all of a sudden. Amen. I'm not going to preach that cuz I've already talked about it. All right? The lawgiver needs us to be justified according to the law. We are all in need of justification before God. Justification is the act of showing something to be right or reasonable. The act of declaring or making right in the sight of God. Now the reason I bring up the lawlessness is because we have this cultural thought process... That we don't need any justification before God because we are living in a lawless society. Well, we know that that's not true. What makes us right before God? The only thing that makes us right before God, this is it, the only thing that justifies us before God is faith in Jesus. Now, verse 1 again, let's read it. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This justification cannot be achieved by works of the law. Now, that's where you would, you know, talk about lawlessness, law, justification, all this type of stuff. It cannot be achieved by the works of the law. Justification by works of the law is not possible. For generations, it was attempted by man but failed. Now, I'm in the middle of this chronological Bible study, okay? And, 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 and I'm, I'm not doing so well. I'm like five or six days behind, but I try to get a little bit every day, right? Well, I'm in the middle of, 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 of Leviticus, Numbers, and I'm about to start Deuteronomy. If you're reading through the Bible, you're probably somewhere in the same area. And I have read, ad ignosium, in complete boredom, all of the tenets of the law. Have you ever done that? Yes, no, maybe Okay, let's, let's take a litmus test. If you've read those books from cover to cover, no shame in your game. Until I did it right now, I've never done it. All right? In 20-something years, I've never done it. I've always talked about the law, but I've never really read it. Okay? All right? But just straight up, if you've read it, if you understand it, not a, no, that's, no, no, if you've read it, <laughs> okay, from, from cover to cover, forced yourself to read every bit of it, raise your hand. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Good, that's a lot. Well, then most of you know just how absolutely ridiculous it seems. Nobody can do that. I mean, here here God is setting up the, the nation of Israel and giving them these laws so that they could come and be close to Him, and they immediately fail. I mean, it's like, okay, do this. And they're like, okay, for a minute then they fail. They dealt, in all of those generations, they dealt with the flesh and the corruption of the sin disobedience like you and I do. It's not possible... There were some along the way like Abraham and Moses and and, and Aaron and Caleb and Joshua and all these others that had this ability to please God, but it was never based in what they could truly perform and what they could truly do because they failed at it. It was the faith that they had in God that produced righteousness and justification before God. Amen. So why are you making all this this way? Why are you saying all this? Because I I like verse 1, that justification by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But what I don't want to disconnect because of the lawlessness of our world that God still requires... The same type of justification that was in the law. It was God that was putting the law there even though man couldn't do it. It was God that was putting it all in place to show us that we were in need of something to get to God. That we're alienated from God as a result of the knowledge of sin due to the law being written by God. Amen. We don't need to disconnect from the fact that there is a need for justification because most of us came in this morning thinking I'm in good shape with God and we're basing that on something primarily on how I feel in my relationship with God. But I came this morning to tell you, you are justified. You are standing in God's presence because of your faith in Jesus Christ and that faith alone. You can't do anything or do any more or do any less to please or do displease God you got to stand in Christ Jesus saying God have grace and mercy upon me this wretched soul today somebody's saying amen with music do you hear me today he still requires that type of sacrifice that the law called for to be in his presence he has provided it. He has provided it by Jesus. We gain access to God only, only by faith in Jesus Christ. We are justified only by that faith. So here's how it looks. I put this scenario in my mind. Isaac, come here, please. There oh, you go. Isaac, this stage. I'm off of it, by the way. This stage is God in God's presence. Stand right there. He's God, man. Don't turn your back on God. (laughs) If this was the glory and the presence as it spoke of in the Old Testament, tabernacle of meeting, tent of meeting, holies of holies, temple in Jerusalem. Isaac is not allowed to come this close matter of fact had isaac come this close just in isaac walking into the temple he would have been incinerated by the fire and the glory of god because of the disobedience and sin that is in him god desires that all of us come to him and be one with him and be in relationship. It's His desire. It's His love. God's so loved. God does love. God wants. God desires us to be close. But you can't separate God's holiness from His love. So when He draws us by love, there's a requirement of holiness to be close to Him. When Isaac comes this close, he would be incinerated, except that somebody justifies that he's in good standing to be here. All right? Now we're all in the same condition. We come to God, and we desire to respond to the call of God, to come close out of love, and, and we want to be in, God, in relationship with God, and we want to be one with God. There's this innate desire in us that He's Creator, we're creation, and we feel called to be with Him. We wouldn't be in this room if we weren't called to be with Him. But there's got to be somebody to justify that we're in right standing to be in His presence. I'm taking it very basic so you understand, and that's what Jesus does. All right? Jesus came as God's Son to fulfill the law and to complete the law by the the cross. He ascended to seat at the right hand of the Father, and here's what he does He has given the Holy Spirit to show us the law so that our sin can be revealed and that we are convicted in need of a Savior. The Holy Spirit says, here's the law, here's your sin, you need Jesus. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and when we come to God, it is Jesus that stands up and says, He is justified to be here in our presence because He has faith in me as the only begotten Son of God, the one who I gave my life for. Amen? Amen. It's this beautiful picture of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working it all together. So we talk about justification and righteousness. That's what it is. And how do we access it? We don't access it by what we can do, how we can perform, how much we read, how much we pray, how much we attend, how much we give. That is all nothing in the sight of God. The only thing God wants to see is is, is my son and the sacrifice of my son and the blood of my son, the grace of my son, the mercy of my son, and the faith that I've given him, Isaac, to put in my son, does that apply? Is his name written in the Lamb's book of life? And if it is, glory be to God, God and Isaac are in relationship with one another. Amen. He is justified. Amen? Amen. Thank you, buddy. But we got people these days, oh it burns me up. We got people these days standing outside, standing outside and all of a sudden open the doors and run in, (laughs) skipping, and they find themselves in these places of confusion misunderstanding and even at times frustrating the situation because they've got this backwards and that backwards and this backward and that backwards and it causes in their soul such frustration even to the point of sometimes death the law can't get it it's faith in Jesus that gets it but remember There is a need for justification before God. And it's that justification that we all have by faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Though through whom, this is, let me read the first one, the first verse first. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This Jesus who gave us access by faith to grace, it's undeserving merit or favor. Isaac shouldn't be standing where he is except for, except for the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. He's standing. He's standing in the grace, the undeserving favor of merit. He can't do anything to get it. He hasn't earned it. It's pure grace poured out upon him by Jesus Christ that has enabled him to stand in God's presence, stand in life altogether. This grace is the power for the standing we have in God. Did you hear that? The power for the standing that we have in God, with God, with Him for eternity. This grace of Jesus is the door open that we have. The open door to the strength and ability of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us and causes us to rejoice in hope. The hope of the glory of God. And you've got to get all of this that I just spoke about and we sang about quite frankly. You've got to get all of this before you can get to what we want to hear and that's three and four we gotta, we got to get all of that un- understanding of why we're in this relationship, how we got in this, h- how it's all there, whatever, before you can get to 3 and 4. And let me say something about this. I, I said it real quickly when, it, when Isaac was there, and we need to understand it. The faith that we have to put in Jesus, that's really from God too. None of us have conjured this up in ourselves. It's, it's, been, the, it's been God working out His perfect will to lead us to where we are in Christ. And understanding every bit of that... Understanding that it is now, I read this verse last week, it is now I who lives but Christ that lives within me. It's this pouring onto us of of Jesus and this infilling of Jesus that brings us to where we are. we got to get that before we can get to 3 and 4. Because if you jump to 3 and 4, you'll be one of those trying to run in the door and you'll be all messed up and confused. Verse 3. And not only that, okay... We've been justified, we've got grace, we're standing in, we're rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. But not only that, we also glory now in tribulation. Glory in tribulation. Catch a hold of that. Everybody wants to glory in God's presence. Everybody wants to be happy about grace Everybody wants to be thankful for the fact that we're justified by Jesus to be in the presence of God. We stand in grace. We have hope and we have God's glory. We love it, but that glory in tribulations, we go, oh, we hit the brakes. We glory in tribulations. Why? Why? It goes all the way back to the fact that it's not... I said it a moment ago, it's not I who lives, but Christ lives within me. We glory in tribulation. Here's the fact. We know that tribulation produces perseverance. Now, Paul's there. Don't go any further. You've got to understand the context of what Paul is saying. I said this Wednesday night. Paul is talking about the fact that he is a Jew, that he is completely preaching and teaching against circumcision. And now Jesus is his Lord and Master and Savior because of the road to Damascus. He, had, he was converted on the road to Damascus. He had persecuted and even killed. Scripture talks about how he was even there when Stephen was stoned to death, kind of giving his thumb of approval. So you've got this man who's been on the righteous side of killing Christians, now has gone to Rome and is teaching in Rome these principles to a church that has been persecuted and killed by him. He is talking to people who have their life on the line. They, if, if they put their faith in Jesus and believe that justification is in faith with Jesus or is with faith in Jesus Christ, they could be killed. Now, are you with me today? Are you with me? Are you sure? I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to bring it back around. So when we talk about tribulation, we're not talking about missing a payment to your house mortgage here. We're not talking about how, what I've experienced, how rain is just killing your business. We're not talking about how only it's just these these I've got a I'm having this little bit of a bit, bit of spout with spat with my wife or we're not talking about these these tribulations where you know it just hasn't come together like I thought it should come together I, I mean it's we're not talking about these feel good I'm not having it my way kind of stuff here we're talking about tribulations like my life is on the line because I may get killed for saying I believe in Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Why are you saying that, Pastor? Why are you making that point? Because I want you to understand something. This may hurt your feelings. God hurt my feelings with this. The little bit of stuff that we're having to deal with is not really tribulations. Some of us, uh, 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 this is going to hurt your feelings. Some of us just need to grow up, put our big boy and girl pants on, and stop believing Jesus to be Santa Claus to make ourselves so happy and peaceful and make our lives everything it should be. Well, it didn't go my way. I'm in tribulation. Come on now. Come on now. Scripture is very clear. Suffering is going to be around for all of those in this world, especially for those who are believers in Jesus. It's going to be there. So, 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 lessen a little bit. I know it's tough. I know it's difficult. I know your car won't crank. I know you don't have any money. I know, I know all of that, and I'm not trying to say that those things aren't important. But what I am. T- trying to say is remember the classification of where you are as far as I know everybody in this room went home last night laid their head on the pillow and got a good night's sleep yeah you may not have eaten very good yesterday or you may have a bill that's behind or there may be this or this that that's going on but you're still safe you're still secure and most of us have everything we need not everything we want but everything we need tribulation is not to death for us as people of God amen So when you begin to see your tribulation a little bit less than what you've envisioned or what I've envisioned my tribulation to be, we can find some glory to God in it all. In other words, we can look for what's really the silver lining and not what's so bad. But if you can't find anything that's that's good around you as a result of the tribulation, God, you're so good. When we sing that song, if you and I can't find something to say, God, you're so good about, even though we're in tribulation, hmm, we might need to do a little self-reflection, a little check. I've never, this is my personal testimony, when I've been in tribulation, what I have determined is tribulation. I have always found God to be in the tribulation with me and to see God doing something that I could glorify Him for in the middle of it every single time it may have taken me some time to find it but he hey boy yeah I know but look at this oh god you're so good oh god you're so good hey 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 I, I hear you but you know this hey 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 Sean <laughs> How you do it? I know it's tough, and I know you got tribulation and suffering, but don't you realize you're standing in my presence because of my son, Jesus Christ? And if you were to die today, you'd be eternally with me in heaven. So, hey, take your eyes a little off your kingdom and look at the benefit of my kingdom. But if that's not possible, Scripture says, which is really cool, it's kind of a circular thing. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, perseverance, that C word, say it, character. And character, what? Hope. So you got to get all that first and second verse, and you get to three and four where you are. Glory and tribulation because as the follower of Jesus... There is always purpose in the tribulation. Let me stop there. For us as followers of Jesus, for us as those who are in God's presence by the grace, the justification of Jesus Christ, there is always purpose, always. I made that word capitalized. Always purpose. Now I'm going to pop in the mouth a little bit more. Because I, this is one that God wanted me to do. The purpose is not for your benefit. Will you benefit from it? Yeah, sure. But it's for His kingdom. It's for His kingdom. It's for His kingdom. And the benefit could actually be the progression that we just taught for us, the progression that we just read. If you're understanding why, there there are some people in the room today who are are struggling to understand why. You're you're in the tribulation, it's difficult, you're not really sure why this is this, you don't know why. It may be because you're still worried about your kingdom and not His. It may be because you're still concerned about your kingdom and not His kingdom. And you're worried about making sure His kingdom gets your kingdom good and then you'd be great in his kingdom but it don't work that way it's god's worried about his kingdom in you and his kingdom in me and his kingdom being glorified and his kingdom working out he's worried about jesus being glorified he's worried about the world coming to know jesus he's worried about gathering all this in do we benefit in that process more than we could ever imagine we benefit But the purpose, the main priority, the first purpose, the kingdom, His kingdom, what He desires. And if you read this book from cover to cover, which I'm attempting to do, you begin to see how for ages and generations, God has tried to get people to see from His perspective and understand His purpose while they're in this short period of time on earth. All right? So tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance means persistent in doing something despite the difficulty. If there's anybody who understands perseverance, it's Jesus Christ. Jesus understood it. The tribulation that was brought to Him was the road to Golgotha, was the sin that you and I have, was paying the price eternally for us to be justified in the presence of God. And thank God that when Jesus was in the middle of tribulation, He persevered. He persevered. He persisted in doing something difficult despite the great eternal difficulty of dying for us. And perseverance produces character. Character is the mental and moral quality of an individual. And every one of us would stand up today and shout, The greatest character who had character of all time is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's the tribulation of Calvary that produced the perseverance in Jesus, that produced the character of Jesus, which gave us hope in Jesus Christ. Tribulation produces perseverance, produces, per- perseverance produces character, character produces hope. Now here, some, some people, I know I've been here before, we get in the middle of just these tribulations and we lose hope. Ah, oh it circles right back around to jesus christ hope is the feeling expectation of something to happen what if what if as we're going through tribulation we rest our hope completely in jesus you know i'm not really sure the why i'm not really sure the outcome i'm not really sure of how it's going to come around I'm not even sure of exactly what's going to be the end result, good or bad for me and my desire, but my hope is in Jesus. If I can just be thankful and know that because my hope is in the one seated at the right hand of the Father to justify me in his presence, and I'm standing in the grace of God, that's good enough. My hope is seated. On nothing less than Jesus Christ and His righteousness. My hope is in you, Jesus. It doesn't matter what comes or what goes. It doesn't matter how difficult it might get. Let me firmly rest my hope in Jesus. It's it's as if the tribulation is producing the perseverance and the character and the hope. It's as if God is leading the tribulation to produce what I need to have faith in Jesus. It's as if there's this big circle going around. It's as if what Scripture says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's as if when I'm in tribulation, I'm learning to persevere in Christ. I'm having the fulfillment of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, which is producing character and there's hope that's coming and that hope is producing more faith and faith is producing more... You see what I'm saying? It's God working in it all to produce the life of Christ in you and me. Amen? And i like verse 5 to wrap it up. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And here's the encouragement. Give me just a second. That one will be good. Take that. Here, Sydney, pretend that this was completely f- able to c- hold something. Here, Ken, take one of those. There you go. These were foot washing basins. We cleaned them. <laughs> I think. <clears throat> Two over here. Why are you doing this, Pastor? Because I'm gonna make a point. Y'all think well, he should have had that done before. No. That just ain't the way it works. You need, you need one. Get in the back corner over there. Give this to Miss Martha. Pass it down. All you guys are not getting one. Really silly. It's really silly. But do it for the purpose of the illustration, please. Lift up your container if you have one. Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. That posture is all it takes to receive from the Holy Spirit what God desires to pour out into your souls, Amen. and we could gather listen to me this is the point you need justification grace mercy, hope perseverance faith all of these words that I've used just simmer it all back up you need love we could gather all of the containers. You can put your arms down because I know they're getting tired. We could gather all of the containers in all of the universe, which would be the earth, and they would not be able to contain God in the measure that He is. So whatever that is today, you're here and your heart is convicted because you have sin and you need justification and righteousness. God provides more than you're able to contain. I don't have faith to even get it. God provides faith more than you can even contain. All you got to do is go to Him and ask for it. All you got to do... Is quite frankly, just lean into Him. Perseverance, man, I'm really going through trouble. I'm really, I'm in a trial, and I, I, I just don't have the perseverance. All you, all, all you need is in Christ Jesus. Character. I've been, I have been in the middle of tribulation and trial. I, I truly have been laboring in character moral compass, I'm, I, I, I'm really at a place where I'm about to, you don't understand. I've I, I held it together. Maybe the language is the issue. Maybe God doesn't want you to hold it together. Maybe, maybe He just wants you to yield to His character, and that's why you're in the perseverance. Ah! Ah! I just feel like I'm going to fall apart. I'm in the middle of the trial. I'm in the middle of the persecution. I'm in the middle of the tribulation. And and I'm losing moral character. I'm losing compass and hope. Your faith is not in yourself to stand before God. Your faith is in Christ to rise up and stand. The grace of God, the Holy Spirit of God to stand in you. So the language needs to change from I, I I can't hold it, I can't do it, I, I, I too. Jesus, you'll have to do it in me. I surrender, yield to you. I don't have hope. My... All of my stuff, all that I had hope in, all that I really wanted to have hope in has come crashing down. It has failed me. I had this plan, I had this plan, I had this plan. And it went boom, 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 fell out from under me. It's not there anymore. I just knew this was the plan of God. And it seemed like it was going to come together. But all of a sudden, it was ripped out from under me. I have lost hope. I have been there. I understand that one completely. But I found that when my hope was lost, the hopefulness of Jesus was so close by that it was God saying to me, Son, you had your hope in something other than me. Yeah, I may produce your desires and wants, but even if I don't, hope in me. Trust in me. Have faith in me i will give you the faith you need to trust me you stand to your feet please let's read it again as you're standing isaac come up play that god is so good again one through five let's put it all back together therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ verse 2 Through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of glory of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Listen to me at verse 5 Leave here. With that verse on your mind leave here with that verse we cannot gather enough containers we cannot gather enough containers to to hold the love of god that has been poured out in our hearts by the holy spirit who was given to us we can't do it there's not enough containers there's not enough people who are souls who hold the Spirit of God, who are loved by God. There's not enough throughout the whole creation of mankind that can hold the amount and what has been poured out. God is so big and such a huge reservoir of Himself that there's no way we can contain Him. Whatever you need this morning, Maybe I named it at some point in this message. Maybe I didn't. Whatever you need today, it's in Christ Jesus. And He has given it to us, poured it on us by His Holy Spirit. Would you join me in prayer? Maybe it's sin and you need forgiveness. Maybe it's strength for the tribulation. Whatever it is, God is so good to provide it for you. Will you join your neighbor's hand? We're not going to come to the altar today. We need the comfort and the assurance of not being alone. We need the comfort and assurance of not being alone. Matter of fact, as another silly illustration, if you need something from the Lord today, just say in a moment, just say me. Not yet. But if you're in need of something from the Lord, just say me. And I want us all to say it at the same time. So everyone around this building can hear the others who need something. A see silly illustration, but somebody, we all, all of us, all bodies need to know we're not alone. If you're in need of something from Jesus today, say it with me. Me. Say it again. Me. You're good. You're not alone. And the reservoir of the Holy Spirit by God is full And is ready to fill you would you pray for one another in this place come on pray for one another god we stand justified in your presence by jesus christ we have no ability nor right to be here except that we have seen and believe that your son jesus is the only way to you so we trust you and our faith is in you and we stand justified by him not by us we have nothing to offer you jesus We have nothing to give you. We are wretched souls, sinners that are saved by your grace in Jesus Christ. We are called by your love and filled by your Holy Spirit. We have nothing to give you. We are completely falling on the mercy and the need of you today. Lord, we are in tribulation. Some of us are in tribulation and we need to be reminded today of Your Word that it's producing perseverance. It's producing character. It's producing hope, God. And that hope can be used and is part of also having faith in You. Jesus, we see that Your hand is on this, that You're working in this. God, that we are completely in You and about You. Lord, I pray that those who are in tribulation, who are difficultly handling things and walking through difficult situations, God, that they lean into You, Jesus, and not into themselves. Lord, I pray that in this house, You would help us realize Your kingdom is number one. Our kingdom is number 150,000th in the list. It's way down the list. Your kingdom, God, Your will be done in us as it is in heaven. God, You've been so good to us. You've been so good. You've been so good. I pray today that those of us who are in this room, all of us, whether facing trials and tribulations or not, maybe in the most happy times of all, God, I pray that you help us see the goodness of you, even in the difficulty. Lord, show us what you're doing and how you are and where you are in all this. I pray miraculously somebody in this room has a hope has a hope today that was hopeless when they came in. And that hope that they have is in you, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for working your will out in our lives for all eternity, for your glory. God, you're so good. God, you're so good.